Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 75 of The Yacking Show. This is where we talk about life, business and more, and we bring you tips and ideas for the changing world we're living in. We always have an interesting lineup of guests. Today's guest is no exception, <clears throat> and <clears throat> I will hand over to our co-host Kathleen down in Waterloo to introduce our guest. Hi, Kathleen. How's it doing, going in Waterloo today? Hello, Peter. Um, it's going well, actually. The sun is now shining, so I'll take it. <laughs> so hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us today. We so appreciate you, and we enjoy reading your comments, so do please keep them coming. And if anyone out there is interested in becoming a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Her name is Sheila Logan. Welcome, Sheila. Hello, how are you? And you're coming from Utah. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's going to be super exciting to be here with you today. Um, yeah, Utah is actually warm today. Is it? Oh, it is. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's cool. It's not super cold here, but it is on the cool side today. So, but anyways, the sun is shining. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, the important thing is it's above freezing. <laughs> that makes a nice change from the last few days. <laughs> so, Sheila, you are the creator of the Messy Backend Podcast and Lock and Load Marketing. It's a digital marketing agency, and you're also a very accomplished speaker, trainer, consultant, and mentor. Um, you work with companies to help clean up their businesses back-end processes and we'll get into that in a little bit but can you give our audience a little bit more about your background and how you started in this particular career you bet i started in 2011 as a virtual assistant and i quickly found as i was working with my clients that they needed more than just the admin things that they were hiring me for so i couldn't even complete my administrative tasks without the other information or my administrative tasks were not having as much of an effect because the other things were working. So I quickly found out that there were other things I could help with. So as I grew my virtual assistant knowledge and skills, I started learning digital marketing. I had been doing branding and um, you know graphics and marketing before for real estate agents. And I just took that and kind of molded it over into mostly working with online health and health and fitness coaches. And I working with them, I just realized, you know, their whole back end is a mess. And if you talk to anybody in the online world, they'll tell you, man, if somebody could just run the back end of my business or my back end is a mess, then things would go better. And so that's just kind of how I accidentally fell into flipping businesses. So I'll go in, I'll find out what's working, what's not working, and I can either help train their team or they can use my team or we can just tell them what needs to be done and, and they can go and do it. So we just find out what's not working and tell them all about it. Wow. <clears throat> Sheila, a lot of our, a lot of businesses, people we talk to, and I'm sure people you talk to, are, are having to suddenly get into the digital age because of this whole virus shutdown thing. Some of them might not be familiar with what we term the back end. So, do you want to expand on that a little bit more for our audience? How do you define the back end of a business, be it be it a brick and mortar or or a digital one, for that matter? You bet. Yeah, the the back end of business, whether it's brick and mortar or online is basically the same. You might use different tools, you might have different mm -hmm. processes, but it's the same. What I narrow it down to is number one, your systems. If your systems aren't working right, everything's going to go to pop. You have to have as much automated as you can. 
it saves you time and money and things have to work smoothly. If you bring on someone new and your systems aren't in place, you spend too much time training them. You want to bring on someone and be able to have them just flow right into the business. Also, it keeps the business flowing, keeps the income flowing in, and it keeps your your um, the things that you offer to your clients, whether it's service or products, flowing out the door. So that's what you want. Number one. Number two is going to be your tech. And again, it doesn't matter if you're on the you know online or 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 offline. You got to take payments. You need to stay in touch with your customers and all of those kind of things, social media, whether, you know, regardless. And so tech would be number two. Number three is going to be your team. Your team is your back end. They may not be the ones that people see up front. So you got to make sure that the customer service is good and that, you know, everything's flowing back there. The next thing I consider that is your financial situation make sure you got a good bookkeeper this is my friend actually who where I'm right now she's my bookkeeper and so she's helping me out today my messy back end today was my internet wasn't working so mm -hmm. I called a friend went over and borrowed internet and then the very last thing and probably the most important thing I consider the back end is your mindset a lot of entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. especially start out as I'm gonna do this because I'm passionate about it they quickly learn that that's not enough you have to have a purpose and you have to have the processes you have to understand how the business works behind what we at the messy back end call the beautifully front branded end of business. You know, there's that side and then there's this side and the back side's usually pretty messy. Right. And, and I'm going to just ask you a sub follow up to that. I guess uh, it's even more important in a digital uh, world where you've got remote workers, because if you're all in the same building, uh, you can overcome a few problems by just walking to the next door office and seeing what's going on. But when that person's sitting in the Philippines, it's not quite so easy, is it? Right, exactly. When you're, when you're online, the struggle is definitely an additional thing that you have to watch out for, right? You wanna be sure and stay, communication is huge. Whether your person is in the Philippines or you know, in your, the door next, the next office, right? So actually a podcast that I recorded yesterday, the question was, how can I communicate with my customers in a way that my customers will purchase more from me? And what it really came down to was making sure that everybody in the company, everything that you produce, whether it's the receipt that you hand them at a restaurant or it's the email you send them, everything has to have your company messaging, your company um, mm -hmm. mission statement. So when it comes to making sure that your team is on board, make sure you're hiring people that understand your mission and it's their mission too. If they're passionate about it, if they're excited about it, if you all have one direction you're heading, it becomes less of a problem with your team. So sure. when you're hiring, those are the first questions you need to be asking. You know, we all, we can easily make up, you know, skills, but we can't make up our passion. No, no. Good. Kathleen. So, so speaking of podcasts, you actually have your own podcasting show. So how does this fit in with the overall marketing strategy for businesses that you work with? So when I started in 2011, the, in order to convert a client, right, the sales funnel, we all know what it looks like. It looks like a funnel. Mm -hmm. At the very top, you're going to dump in as many people as you can. The touches, the number of times that you speak to, come in contact with, or someone hears from you between the top of the funnel to the bottom of the tunnel, funnel used to be seven touches. By 2017, it was 13 touches. In 2019, it was 21 
touches. Wow. Here's where that changes. Nobody's going to stay with you for 21 times before they buy from you. If, if they do, it's way less people. So the sales funnel actually has been changing. And I started talking about this early in 2019. Little did I know saying that in 2020 is going to be different. I didn't know it'd be this different. Right. <laughs> but what we have to look at in terms of marketing now is more than just nobody's downloading things anymore because they've learned they're not going to read it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to those $17 things anymore because they realize they're, they're getting a sales pitch mostly. So they're missing the value. So really what it's come to is the world got so big with the internet that there's so many things out there that people have found that they don't want to interact with a brand. They want to interact with human beings. And especially now with COVID, we're all so disconnected and you know, that, that individual communication is so low that those of us who made that switch and do the personal branding are 10 times ahead of the people who stayed with the business branding. Business branding is important, but individual personal branding is much more important. Think about your very favorite actor that you just love watching on TV. Okay, one of my favorites is George Clooney. I love George Clooney. Whenever I watch a movie with George Clooney in it, there's this bit of comfort that comes to me because I feel like I kind of you know, know him just a little bit, you know, and if you see him on the street, you'll recognize him. You recognize his voice when you hear it. That's what podcasting has done is it's reduced that number of touches from the top of the funnel to the bottom where people hear your voice in their ear in an intimate, personal way. And you're telling them how dang smart you are. Right. <laughs> so when you tell them that when, and when they hear you and you're solving their problem, by just telling them, look, if you do this, this will help you. They become attached to you and they have this relationship with you or they feel like they do. Right. And the funny thing is, is when you have this relationship with someone like that, you oftentimes have people come up to you who you don't know. And they say, Oh my gosh, are you, are you know, are you Kathleen? Are you Peter? It's kind of creepy. It makes you take a step back. But what you have to realize is, Oh my goodness, it's working. Mm -hmm. They know who Mm -hmm. I am. So that's kind of what podcasting does for me. Um, It gets people to understand that I know what I'm talking about. They know I'm connected with people who know what they're talking about. I'm constantly learning. And the biggest thing is I'm helping them solve a problem and they don't have to pay me for it. Right. All right. And and when they see you on a podcast with other people, you're coming across as an expert. Whereas if they see you on a promotional video, you're putting it together in your own office with just you. It's a sales pitch, right? Right, exactly. The podcast is not a sales pitch, is it? It's a conversation with people who are talking about the things that you understand that you need help with and they're answering, you know, the problem. The biggest thing for me is that having people on like I had yesterday, I had uh, Matt Young, the founder of FSQ Consulting on yesterday, okay? He's like raised $6.5 million for charity. He's owned like tons of businesses. He makes a ton of money. He's very well known. He has a Guinness Book World Record. The guy's huge, right? Mm -hmm. So having him on my show made that so that, they can see that even Matt has a messy back end. Do you know what I mean? Yes, if somebody yes. like that can have a little bit of, I wanted to ask him that question. So Matt, tell me about your messy back end. But he was, so, he was like so professional and stuff. I couldn't bring myself to, to ask him that. But the fact is, is that the very first day we recorded our podcast was the day in March 6th, 19, uh, 2018, where Facebook and Instagram shut down. If they can have a messy back end, yep. so can y'all. It's okay. Calm down, get the help you need, you'll be fine. 
Very good. So how's the situation with the, with the virus and the lockdowns and all the effects of that affecting the people that you work with? Well, most of the people I work with are online. Mm -hmm. And so to be fair, I don't think it's affected them as much. Uh, because they know how to be online because, you know, I've had a Zoom account for 10 years, right? I've known right. how to use Zoom. Um, the biggest struggles I see is one thing that we've always dealt with online is the isolation. And yes. we've overcome that by doing, um, you know, live coffee chats and things like that. And so where we're just doing it virtually, we do struggle with the isolation issue. Um, but the, one of the biggest things is the events. So on March 11th, the day I turned 50 years old, the day the world shut down here in Utah was the day that I lost eight speaking engagements, which is about 80% of my income. Oh. So what we had to do is we just had to, you know, you have to find different ways. You have to find different ways to pivot. And what I have always suggested to my clients is, you know, it is good to look within your industry and find out what's working with people in your industry. But when you want to get just that tiny little bit of edge above the people in your industry and stand out, look outside of your industry, find out what other people are doing mm -hmm. to make their business work. For example, I have a yoga client. How do you do yoga when you can't have people come to your yoga studio? So we showed her how she can do that over Zoom. So everybody's at home. You still have the video so you can see and explain, you know, this pose is incorrect. You should try this. You can still motivate each other. And so you just have to find those different little ways to reach your audience and to then interact with them. My, my sister-in-law is a dentist. What is she supposed to do? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, she can't have people in her office. So unless it's an emergency, she couldn't have her in an office. So I said, this is what you need to do. Start doing a regular Facebook live reminding people to get their children to brush their teeth, remind them what to do, remind them how to know if it's an emergency, remind them about all the different things, you know, I don't know what questions dentists get asked, you know, on a regular basis, but make sure they remember who you are. And of course, I mean, she's just super cute. And it worked out great for her actually, cause she was pregnant the whole time. She just had a baby last month. So being uh, home for her was great, you know, but yeah, yeah. you just got to find those little things and uh, tweak it just a little bit. Right. right. Well, she timed it well. Yes. <laughs> so, Sheila, of all the people that you're connected with, what are some of the strategies that sets the successful people apart from those that may not see the same type of success? That is such a good question and something I love talking about because I'm, I have a hard time with this. And, you know, teachers teach what they have the hardest time with, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's decision making, 100%. Decision makers, people who can make quick decisions, even though it may take slower change, seem to be moving up that totem pole a lot faster. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite people I follow is Brendan Bouchard, and he does high performance habits. And many people online know about him. And in high performance habits, people who are moving up the totem pole are having those better habits of ever on a regular daily basis. And they're making decisions they're not just sitting back thinking about it going, oh, maybe we should put this yoga on video. Maybe we shouldn't. I actually have a client recently. It's in a multi-million dollar company and they contacted me because their email marketing wasn't working. Well, I've realized why it wasn't working. I won't tell you why, because it was actually illegal. The way they were doing it was illegal. They did not know that at the time. So once I explained that that was illegal, they were like, oh, well, what do we do need to do to change it? So we changed it. That was a quick decision. Super smart. They took their um, 
their conversion rate from 1.5% to 25%. Then we realized it's about communication. You're not communicating in a way over, you know, your emails that's getting them to stay, keep their attention and reply to you. So we tweaked that a little bit and we converted their open rate from 10% to 75% open rate, just changing the message, quick decision. Then they started realizing, oh, we should try a phone campaign and start calling people, then send them the follow-up email. Quick decision. Now they have an 85% conversion rate where they started out with 1.5 at the end. So those quick decisions made them, you know, change after change after change where they went from, you know, making very, you know, well paid millions, but still they increased everything and they got in compliance because I don't know if you guys know, but if you break that can spam Mm -hmm. act law, $26,000 per email per person who does email with you. Don't break it. It's expensive. You know, they were doing like 5,000 emails a day. So (laughs) it would have been expensive. So, so really, it's the ability to take action. And isn't that what yes. Tony Robbins always advocated, right? He always talked yes. about the, uh, it's the ability to take action that really sets people apart. And I think that's exactly what you are also advocating. Yes, definitely. And make sure you're taking the right action too, mm-hmm. right? So there, there is that caveat of don't just jump into every single thing. You know, we were talking about speaking with your customers, find out what your customers want, find out what your team members on the ground are learning mm-hmm. that will work for your business. Cause those team members who are in the trenches, they have great ideas, find out from them, but don't act on every single one, analyze it within a reasonable amount of time, figure out if it's possible, figure out if you have the resources to do it, but act on something that you think is going to work. For me, um, I just decided like about a month ago, I love having my own podcast, but I need to be on other people's podcasts as well. So I sat down and I spent one hour reaching out to like, I think 20 podcast shows. And I just sent out a bunch of emails. Y'all are one of those. And I actually got on all the podcasts. The next thing I did is I said, Hey, I wonder who the top 20 podcasters are, uh, podcast business podcasts are. And so I looked those up and I reached out to every one of those people and asked them to be on my podcast. Half of them said yes. And half of that number said I could be on their podcast. Easy decision. Didn't cost me anything but time. Worst thing that could happen is they wouldn't reply to me. Best thing that can happen is I connect with amazing people like yourselves. Oh, yeah. Well, we are, we are the ones who are honored to have you. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that, that is really good. But over and above that, I heard what you said, don't try and jump into everything. And I'm, I'm going to use the cruise ship lines as an example, right? <laughs> right at the moment, no matter how many emails they send out, they're not going to do too well. <laughs> so somewhere along one line, one has to think, do I need to change my business model? Right, you do. I mean, and the airlines had to, didn't they? Oh, absolutely, because- yeah. Like I said, on my birthday, when I turned 50, I was actually in Portland, flying home back to Utah. And I was like one of 10 people on an airplane. And there was wow. maybe, I mean, I hardly saw anybody in the airport. The place yeah. was empty. This before masks and everything. But the place was empty. And I thought, man, airlines are just going to take a huge hit. And they did. Yep. Because yep. for a while there, you, I flew to North Carolina from Utah for $46. Wow. So, wow. you know, you know that they could didn't even pay one steward for oh. the price of my ticket oh. for that oh. whole trip, but they did keep people engaged. And I suppose, you know, if you're talking about, you know, the cruise ships, 
they, they are going to have to, I, I can't help them because that's like way outside of my wheelhouse, but they're going to have to find other ways to make money. Mm. They just have to. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure they will, and I'm sure yeah. things will change yet again, and uh, <clears throat> the people who can ride out the rough part will do well later on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you, which, looking at your web, both your websites, you, you have quite a diverse team, people with all sorts of different skills in both your, your companies. So how did you put that team together, and, and how do you get them all to cooperate with such different backgrounds and skills? Well, I'll tell you, building a team has been one of my most difficult things. It's um, something that I, I don't know that I have perfected. I'll just share with you how I did it. Um, so I built my business to the point where I was at maximum capacity. I was a single mom with five children and I was working eight hours a week. And I'm telling you what, I was about to go bald and like, I wasn't eating, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't sleeping. And I had so many clients and then I heard, you know, you need to scale your business. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how do I scale my business? I don't have any money to buy, to hire a team. I can't afford not to hire a team because I had reached my limit. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't take on anything more. I was working so many hours and I had so many clients. I was just booked. And so I, I think it was maybe during a political campaign or something, something said, you know, interns are great. And so that I know there's a controversy about interns. So mm -hmm. I will, I will bring that up in my discussion. So I decided I wanted to get some interns and I wanted to have unpaid interns because I couldn't afford to pay them. I would have paid them if I had the money. Mm -hmm. So I did research on how interns work. There's two different ways that you can be an intern. Number one, you do that for money, you get paid. Number two, you do that in trade for training. So don't ever do it for any other reason. Don't work for somebody just for free. Make sure you have an agreement. So I actually had a written agreements with all of my VAs that I hired and I brought them on. The most recent that I brought on are the four that you'll see on my podcast uh, site mm -hmm. under my team. And they're all over the country. I believe one of them's um, in Canada, even um, they're all over the country anyway. And they came on with the intention to learn how to be podcast managers and so they learned to be podcast managers. They worked for me for six months. In addition to learning to be a podcast manager, I taught them how to find clients. They actually all got clients from working with me and I did coaching with them every week. And so they learned a skill that got clients and they improved their knowledge in trade mm -hmm. for doing my podcast work, my back end work, you know, the scheduling, the script writing, the follow up, the get the bio, the get the headshot, you know editing and they learned all those things. Now they're all podcast managers. They don't work with me on a regular basis anymore. Now I hire them whenever I need their help. So the team that I have are all outsourced teams. They're not employees. Mm -hmm. I hire them when I need them. And I, you know, now when I hire them, I pay them because they helped me through that flip. You know, every, every business comes to that time where you don't have the money to hire, but you can't grow without hiring it's, it's this stalling spot. I call That's it, right. you know, that bump to the next level or, you know, when you become a CEO instead of an entrepreneur, you know, mm -hmm. when your mindset mm -hmm. changes, you have to make that. So for me, it was trial and error as an intern. I knew if they were working or if they weren't working, if they were learning or they weren't working and do I want to keep them on after I've probably trained a um, hundred VAs. I have wow. about five to 10 that I actually trust that I know will do the work that won't disappear. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what worked for me. Excellent. Wow. Very good. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a really good way of doing it. <laughs> so yeah. it was a lot of fun. I met some great people doing it that way too. I bet you sure. did. Wow. And, and so what is the Yes Women's Network about? 
2017, I was going through this, like, I don't know, personal crisis. I'm not sure, but I just got to this point where sitting behind a computer wasn't enough for me. And I felt like I needed more out of life. And so I worked with this mentor and I'm going to tell you the short version, but I mean, it took months to get to the point where he finally just came down to what do you really want to do? And I said, I want to help women out of that, that moment when they find them saying, saying selves saying, Oh crap, now what? And he said, well, what's the opposite of, oh, crap. And I said, I hope that's not a swear word in y'all's country. No, it's fine. In the South, it's, you know, just no normal. censorship here. No censorship. Okay. So um, he said, what's the opposite of that? And I said, okay, well, let's use the example of I lost my keys as a simple example. When you find your keys, what do you say? Yes. He said, that's the name of your network. And I said, okay, I'm going to name it Yes Women's Network. Now, what am I going to do with that? Because I've helped build uh, Ladies Who Lunch, which is actually a Canadian networking group there in Vancouver. And I said, I know what it takes to build a woman's network. I have no interest in doing all of that. You know what I mean? I spent a year working with her and it's so much work. I don't, I'm just going to add to my plate. And so he said, well, there's different ways you can do it. So I decided to bring on instructors and they each would bring in their own training for free for my members. And then if they wanted to work with that coach more, they could go work with them. Mm -hmm. So then there's no money between, you know, the instructors and myself. I end up with training that I didn't have to create myself. And anyway, that, that worked for a little while, but it's kind of, I'm finding that it's really not working for me anymore. What I'm finding now is in this transition that I'm going through again. And remember, like everybody needs to know this. This is part of the back end too, is transition. Mm -hmm. Right. It, your, your life evolves your situation evolves, your business is going to evolve. So what is happening to me is that Yes Women's Network now is turning more into simply a networking group. It's a place where, you know, my training is still there. Those who are members still get access to that. There's a 75 course on, uh, on how to start your and grow your own business online there, you know, totally free. So they can come in and consume of those. But mainly what I want to focus on is sharing the message of it is possible for you to be successful. It is possible for you to do whatever you want to do. My main focus is single moms and military wives. Mm. Uh, and that's, okay. that's my dream. I'm writing my book right now. My story is quite the story. Um, I'm about 50 pages in and I've just barely scratched the surface. <laughs> but the, the ultimate goal is to help single moms and military wives be able to go from darkness into light. Oh wherever they are right now to wherever they want to be. And that's what Yes Women's Network is growing into be. So through the speaking and the podcasting and the book, I hope to be able to inspire and show other women and mentor them and help them find the connections that they need to overcome those oh crap moments. Wow. Very good. Very good. Yeah, good for you. My goodness. Thank yeah. you. What a, what a wonderful endeavor. Right. We're going to ask you to tell us, our listeners, how they can contact you in a moment. But before we do that, right at the front, at the beginning, you said you worked with, was it fitness uh, industries and gyms? Is that your speciality? Um, health and fitness coaches. No, health and fitness coaches, mainly online coaches. I work with a lot of um, people call them woo-woo people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like empaths and, you know, they eat yes. healthy and their fitness and whatever. Alternative else. health. <laughs> yes, there you go. Foot zoners and things like that. And so um, that's, that's kind of the people that I tend to attract. Okay. And so that's, you know, I just fell into that. And they're, they're amazing people. They have obviously a positive outlook on life and they all want to, they all have a purpose. And so I love working with them. Yeah. Good. And how do people contact you then? 
So you can get a hold of me just by going to themessybackend.com. There is a contact page there. You can find the, uh, the access to the podcast is where anything else that you need to know about me is just right there. Good. And people who want to talk to you about your marketing services, they can contact you there as well. You can go to lock and load marketing and that's lock the letter N mark lock in load marketing.com. And you okay. can also access that through the podcast. They actually work together. So. And we'll add those captions to the, uh, to this video. Yeah, we'll, add, we'll add those on there. Wow. That's, that's really good. Thank you for coming on the show. I, I learned a lot today and uh, nice to see someone else so positive about life and, and really making a success of it. So from my side, thank you, Sheila. And back to Kathleen. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sheila. I, I, I learned a lot too. So thank you for that. And thank you all so much again for joining us today. We so appreciate you. And please keep your comments coming. We love to read them. And if anyone out there is interested in becoming a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you. And until next time, take care.